What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Hey, how you doing? Pretty good, yeah. brother. Good to sound, <laughs> sound like Joey from Friends. Yeah. That was crazy. I love how you manipulate your voice to do that. It's yeah. just phenomenal. You sound like Muttley sometimes, too, when you laugh from uh, Dick Dasterly. Which try, you actually just sounded like Muttley, which will drive Paul absolutely crazy. Big news day today. We got the vote coming up soon. Got it on right now. The vote to end uh, uh, the the cloture vote to end debate, which is a de facto confirmation vote, uh, barring some unforeseen circumstance, which uh, get ready for chaos today. Here we go. Hey, Amy Schumer and Emily Radzikowski, whatever her name is. Amy Schumer, the comedian, got arrested yesterday. And we're all supposed to care. Yeah. I sent out a tweet uh I can't ever say her last name. Emily Radajkowski. She's a model. She was in that Blurred Lines video with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Robin Thicke. Uh, her and the, the alleged comedian Amy Schumer got arrested up at the, uh, at, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Sorry, folks. A little frog in my throat this morning. Uh, hairball, maybe. Uh, <laughs> they got arrested. We're all supposed to care. So Radzikowski sends out a tweet, you know, hey, look, we got arrested yesterday. I sent back a tweet. Good. Nobody cares. We all have jobs to get back to. Thanks. Have a nice day. <laughs> so I, I'm <laughs> which was promptly retweeted um, thousands of times. So I'm going to get back to that today, folks, because they are not ready for the storm. They think they think they want, but they don't. They are not ready. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Farmer's Dog. My mother-in-law's dogs, who we have adopted, absolutely love this dog food. You know why? It's human-quality food. This is the real deal. Uh, yeah. Dog food companies claim to use natural ingredients, but what kind of beef or carrots can sit in a paper bag for a year? We can't eat processed food for every meal and be healthy, and neither can your dog. Introducing the Farmer's Dog, the company helping dogs live long and healthy lives with nutritious, fresh, ready-to-serve dog meals delivered directly to your door. It even smells like food, unlike those... You ever open those cans of dogs? You're like, whoa, not this stuff. <laughs> Clever marketing has convinced Americans to feed unhealthy kibble and can mush, but the farmer's dog is different. Complete a short online quiz about your dog and a vet developed plan is created, especially for your dog. The food arrives at your door in pre-portioned packs, ready to open in ports, easy and looks and smells like real food. You know why? Because it is real food and food matters. Studies show that adding fresh food to your dog's diet can reduce some cancers by close to 90%. Start feeding your dog better today. Try a week free at thefarmersdog.com slash Dan. Plus, you get free shipping. Get your first week free at thefarmersdog.com slash Dan. Thefarmersdog.com slash Dan. Stuff is great. Um, My mother-in-law's dogs go crazy. But the minute they see the packets come out, it's terrific. Okay, uh, folks, just quickly, because I got to get to some fascinating developments on... uh, what's coming down the pipeline for all the people involved in the spying disaster and some also some developments on some of the people who were back in Christine Ford that have now become quite explosive. I just want to address this quickly because the Hollywood media folks are turning on each other now. Mm. Uh, Folks, we win, you lose. New rules are in effect. We win. We exercise raw political power. I've said this over the last few days. We get out and vote. 
We may not be winning the culture war, although we're making progress. We may not be winning the boycott war as companies come after us. They target conservative content, conservative companies. We may be making some headway, but we're not winning there. But one of the places we are winning is we are winning on raw political power. We have taken over the House of Representatives. We took over the United States Senate. We took the presidency. We're about to tilt the court. Smile a little bit today. We are winning. Because we do what we know how to do. We organize. We go out and vote. One of the differences between us and the Occupy Wall Street movement, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Joe, is you were there and I were there and I was there Mm -hmm. during the Tea Party Revolution. And what did we do? We didn't just show up on the D.C. Mall. We went out and voted. We booted out bad Republicans. We got Tea Party folks like Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, Rand Paul. We got them in there. And they have changed. Listen, is, is everything perfect? Can it not get better? Of course it can get better. We still have massive deficits, but we've unquestionably altered the tide of the Republican Party. Remember, the Republican Party under Spiro Agnew, a guy Joe knows well, former uh, Maryland governor and vice president under uh, under uh, uh, the tricky Dick Nixon. Oh, yeah. The reason I bring up Agnew is back then that Republican Party created the EPA and it was the Republican Party that actually agreed that high taxes were a good thing in many respects. No lo contendre. <laughs> right? You, rem- yeah. you can vouch for that. You remember those days, right? Oh, yeah. That, that Republican Party is now dead. You will not find a home in the Republican Party if you do not support life, economic freedom, the right to self-protection. We have made some substantial changes. I say that because the Tea Party revolution focused on the do, the do, not just the talk. We went out and voted and we got serious players in there, serious constitutionalists. This movement right now, the Amy Schumer, Emily Radzikowski M. Rada, whatever she her thing is, they are not ready for this fight. They have no idea how to organize and they're turning on themselves right now. I have an article, Joe, up at the show notes today. Please read it. Mm-hmm. It's short, it's sweet, but I want to show you how, regardless of what happens with this vote, how they are on their heels right now. They are on their heels. They don't know what to do. Kathy Griffin and Michael Moore got into a Twitter spat yesterday. Two noted leftists. Kathy Griffin of uh, infamous Trump decapitation fame, where she did the mock decapitation of Trump. And Michael Moore, noted um, uh, uh, slob on the left for his terrible movies, are beating each other up. Moore is saying, oh, he shouldn't have relied on the FBI. We should have done more. Kathy Griffin fires back. What the hell were you doing, Michael? This is what chaos looks like. You want chaos? We're going to give you chaos. But the chaos is going to break out on your side. You want to play ball? We're ready to play ball. And I want to hit a few points here. If you think for a second the pampered Amy Schumer and her multi-million dollar salaries and her, and her, and her chef and all that other stuff, if you think they're ready for the storm they say they want, you are crazy. This is no time to play both sides. Some of you may know what I'm talking about, why I'm so inspired today. Some of you may not, and that's fine. I'm not at liberty to discuss a lot of it, but there's no play in both sides here. This is personal now. This is personal now. Now, some of you have emailed me, and fair enough. You said, I'm not willing to get into this scrap and this street fight with them. That's fine. That's fine. I may not be for you. I mean, but there are people out there um, who are trying to play both sides. And it's not what you think. But there are people out there trying to play both sides. I saw one tweet yesterday from a guy indicating that how they, you know, oh, the Republicans were criticizing the FBI and now they're relying on the FBI. No, that's not what happened. 
That's not what happened, Joe. Joe, you are my producer. has been the EP yeah. of this show from yeah. day one. Yeah. Have we not stipulated from day one repeatedly? I have worked with the FBI. They are competent, serious professionals. I got backlash for that. Oh, Dan, how can you say that, given what happened? Because I know the anti-Trump effort and the Hillary effort was not led by boots-on-the-ground men and women. It was led by a small cabal of elitist FBI DC managers who hated Donald Trump and tried to take the system down. Now, some of you emailed me back after that and said, well, why didn't the rank and file guys stop it? Because they weren't read in. Stop what? Right, right. Stop what? They had no knowledge of what was going on. None. Matter of fact, the ones in the New York office, according to multiple press reports I've read, that found out about the Wiener emails from the New York Police Department were the ones telling headquarters, we're going to go public with this if you don't do something. We have defended the FBI from day one, and there's one particular personality out there that's really getting on my nerves. Oh, the Republicans went after the FBI, and now you're saying the FBI did a great job in the Kavanaugh thing. We never went after the FBI. That is just not true. Hannity makes a point every night on his show of saying, this is not the rank of fight. He says it so much. Even the audience probably is like, all right, we get it. Obviously, you didn't. There's no playing both sides here. Joseph, listen to me. Yes, listen, sir. Uh, there is a, a right side and a wrong side here, folks. This is not a marginal question. Life is lived on the margins. I get it. Mm-hmm. I always say with the, you know, with the winner, when you put the heat on, it's not heat or no heat. It's marginally how much heat. This is black and white. This is a heat or no heat question. You are either on the side of personal character destruction, evil, destructive, horrible, disgusting allegations of train raping by innocent men to ruin their lives, or you are on the right side of history where we back up people who have fought for conservative values their entire life like Brett Kavanaugh. There's no margin here. Pick a side. Man up. And stop with this BS if you're in this industry trying to play both sides to be an ass kisser. It's disgusting. You know exactly what happened. Nobody out there was impugning the FBI. We were impugning this small cabal of idiots at the top of FBI and DOJ that ruined the whole damn agency. Yeah. Stop pretending you didn't know that. And a lot of you know who I'm talking about. This is BS. Not trying to start this uh, internal war here, folks, but there's a right and a wrong side to this. You have an innocent man, I have no doubt anymore, and I'm going to get into this in a second, whose character has been destroyed who's for the rest of his life is going to be eating in a restaurant with his kids while people go, you're a rapist. And we're supposed to sit there and find common ground with these evil SOBs on the other side? The hard pass, brother. Hard freaking pass. Sorry. Listen to me. If you're not ready for this, and my particular brand of street fight politics right now is not for you, that's okay, folks. That's okay. You're good people. I'm not impugning your character. This may not be for you. But I'm telling you, failing to recognize the street fight we're in right now and failing to get ready for the personal attacks that are coming our way under the illusion that if we show them some higher moral ground, they'll somehow be converted to the religion of conservatism and decorum again is insane. These are trench warfare people. They are not interested in the duel. They are getting ready to gas you in the trenches. 
These people are not kidding. They called this guy a train rapist. No one even knew what that meant before this week. I'm asking you this as a personal favor and as a friend, and I mean this. If you are not ready for this fight and you are some kind of a thought leader, an activist or something else, and you are under the mistaken belief that we should kiss their butts, hoping they see the light again, and that you're not willing to fight, please kindly back away. Your weakness is a virus and it's contagious. We need everyone on the field right now. Now, I want to caveat this by saying what I've always said. We never, ever forfeit big all rights. We are always precluded from any kind of violence. I mean, outside of self-defense, obviously. That's not what we do. I'm not suggesting we should respond back by calling other people gang rapists. But I am telling you now, if you're not willing to engage on social media, elsewhere, out in the public space as activists, and get up there and argue and argue vociferously and go after people vigorously, if you're not willing to do that, this fight is not for you. Back away. Kindly back away. You're contagious. This is no time to play this game halfway. You either go for it or you don't. We have crossed the Rubicon of decorum. There is no turning back until the left recognizes they want to turn back. They're beating you with brass knuckles and you're, you're pleading to a referee. The referee doesn't care. They're beating the crap out of you. The referee's supposed to be the media. They're on the guy's side. Please back away. People are watching you get beat up, and they're losing momentum, and they're losing their own willingness to fight. One more point. You may say, Dan, what good does it do to fight back on Twitter and out in the public space and activism-wise and to go after people uh, you know, on, on, on the Senate side and, 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 to, and to hit back hard that, are, that aren't willing to vote for us? What good does that do? What good does it do? It signals to others that we're ready for this fight. Weakness invites other weakness. Do you not know that? You know what the problem is? I'm sorry, but some of these the snowflakes out there on the liberal side and others who've never been involved in sports, who've never been on a gridiron, who've never been in the fourth quarter of a game with your fingers half broken and you know bleeding from grabbing a guy's jersey or whatever with no gas in the tank, they've never finished the game out. They don't understand that weakness invites weakness, folks. Other, the other side, you're in a grappling match, an MMA match or whatever it is. Sports tends to imbue this in people and make people leaders because they understand that there comes that time in every game where both sides think the game is over. They think they've lost. It's that side that says, you know what? I got a little bit extra in the tank that continues to go. That's the team that wins. That's the guy in the MMA fight getting pounded in the ground and pound while the other guy's getting tired who finally gets up. I remember the Maurice Smith-Mark Coleman fight like it was yesterday. Mark Coleman spent, what, three rounds beating the living snot out of Maurice Smith. Maurice Smith would not give up. He gets up, he kicks the guy in the head, knocks him out, wins the fight. And Coleman had nothing, couldn't even get up off the mat. Don't mistake my UFC analogies in any way, by the way. There's any kind of it. The violence is a leftist thing. I'm just making the analogy of the grit. The grit it's going to take to get through this. It signals to others that, yes, this fight is worth it. When you signal to others that you're not willing to fight, it signals to others that weakness is okay. It's not okay. We shouldn't be playing both sides. We shouldn't be cozying up to CNN and mainstream media outlets that are that are corrupted referees.
They're not on our side. Why would you think that? I want to suggest to you one one uh, one piece here as well in the show notes today. I have the Kathy Griffin piece, which you should read. But them, they're attacking. You want chaos? We're going to give you chaos. But that chaos is going to break out on your side when you lose and we exercise raw political power. You're going to turn on yourselves as you realize and you're forced to look in the mirror at what you did to an innocent man. Larry O'Connor from WMAL, you see on Fox once in a while, has a really, really great piece in the Washington Times. I know Joe knows him. Mm -hmm. Larry's a friend. He's a good guy. Larry has a piece in the Washington Times today. I cannot suggest in strong enough terms you read. It's at the top of my show notes. Larry's piece about Andrew Breitbart. Andrew Breitbart was once a liberal, God rest the man's soul. Not only that, was a pretty hard liberal. Lived in California, was surrounded by liberals. As Andrew Breitbart said to Larry, Larry knew him. Larry was one of the original Breitbart guys, uh, along with Dana and uh, Stephen Crowder and Ben Shapiro. Breitbart had said to him, it was the factory setting, which I thought is a great line. Mm-hmm. Liberalism was the factory setting. Yeah. If you lived in California, the minute you were birthed and took your first, bre- first breath of oxygen, liberalism was the default setting. Conservatism was a mission to get there if you got there at all. But Larry says that there was a transformative moment, and he knew Andrew well, that changed Andrew's life, and not only changed his mind, but as Larry said, radicalized him in the conservative direction. I didn't know this, Joe. What was that moment? I don't know. I didn't either. was the Clarence Thomas hearings. Oh. Where Andrew says he watched an innocent man, Clarence Thomas's reputation, be utterly and completely destroyed in front of a national audience. According to Larry, Andrew was never the same. And it's not that it changed Andrew. A lot of people change. It's not that it changed his voter registration. Not that it changed his voting habits. It changed everything. It radicalized him. It made him see the light and it made him see the fight. And it made Andrew understand that this was a street fight, a street fight that had to be weighed on the, uh, that had to be uh, played out on the pages of the internet, on the pages of newspapers, out in activist circles, in the public space, everywhere. It had to be a 30 front war like the left claims they're waging on us. It had to be. Andrew understood that politics was downstream of culture. We had to fight in a culture. We had to fight economically. We had to fight everywhere using raw political power. I didn't know that about him. Now, why is the article important? Frankly, you may, I, you know, again, you may not care about Andrew Breitbart. You may not. What does that have to do with anything, Dan? You know what it has to do with? Andrew Breitbart's lift and shift into conservatism and moving the conservative ball, Joe, started Breitbart that launched the careers of Shapiro, Dana, Steve Crowder, other, I mean, tons of others. You have uh, Matt Boyle. You have others. I mean, all of these people who flowed through the Breitbart machine. The point Larry's trying to make is America now saw on national television the evil, the evil, not the misfeasance, the malfeasance, the maliciousness, the evil of the Democrat Party play out on national television over a course of weeks. They saw it play out. There are straight-thinking, sane American people who have only been marginally involved in politics for a long time who will now become activists and will never be the same because of what the pure evil they watched on television. How many other Andrew Breitbarts are out there? 
I'll leave you with one final thing on this topic before we move on. Trump's approval is now 51%. Folks, no matter what happens today, and we'll do a quick update for you later, but no matter what happens today, understand this. This has blown up big time in the Democrats' face. And the smart Democrats, the very few that are left, absolutely know it. Montana, New Jersey, Florida, Indiana, North Dakota, West Virginia. You all have sent Tennessee. You all have Senate races that are competitive right now. You have to show up in a mountainous wave of people and flush these people out of D.C., buy them a one-way ticket home. I don't like spending tax dollars, but the best tax dollars ever spent are going to be the one-way tickets you buy for these Democrat senators right out of Washington, D.C., plant their butts right back in their home state and retire them. 51% approval. Feels good, doesn't it? There's a right and a wrong. Pick a side. This is no time to be playing for advertising dollars or anything else. This is a fight. Get in it or back away. Weakness is contagious. Okay. There have been some stunning, stunning developments on Dr. Ford, Joe. Um, Mm. I don't know how much of it you've seen. You may have covered it this morning in the radio show. A little bit. But it is disturbing. And I'm going to walk you through now some... You're, you're not you when i first saw this i have to be candid with you i thought this can't these people cannot possibly be this open about their tactics but they are because they're desperate so all right let me get to that thing so let me get through this read this is incredible I, you know thanks for your patience i always appreciate it but we got to pay for the show um quip quip is uh, i got one of them free and i love it i've actually bought one myself because uh, my daughter stole my quip toothbrush before <laughs> before i get to use it so i had to go buy another one When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip knows that. That's Q-U-I-P. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. It's the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of those bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes that look like uh, Ford Pintos. This thing is sleek. Matter of fact, my Quip is smaller than my old, uh, you know, manual toothbrush. And guiding pulses alert you into switch size, so it's super easy. Makes the brushing right made run of time effortless. Comes with a mount, suctions right to your mirror, and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule. I get them in my mailbox, the replacement heads. Delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most, most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. But Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip, that's Q-U-I-P.com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan. You'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Spelled getquip.com slash Dan. Folks, I'm not even messing with you. This is a really cool toothbrush. I know it's like with these emotional shows, you're like, how do you break up and talk about a toothbrush? I, I'm not kidding. It's like a power washing for your mouth. You leave your teeth pristine. Go check it out. Getquip.com slash Dan. All right. Uh, so some breaking news last night. Uh, there was a letter from Chuck Schumer. Um, excuse me, Grassley. Forgive me. Um, uh, Chuck Grassley. 
who is running the Judiciary Committee. It's been responsible for the Kavanaugh confirmation hearing so far. Grasley sent a very, very interesting letter with a fascinating closing over to Feinstein and others. I think the GOP's got something. And as Sean Davis at the Federalist said, did they just grow a spine because they found something here? Now, before, let me let me give you the lead first, like I've been trying to do lately to make the following story make more sense. Okay. I think there's been a coordinated effort now between some of the same players involved in the attempt to take down Trump through Spygate and the attempt to give Hillary a pass. Some of those same players are involved in the effort to discredit Judge Kavanaugh. That um, You got that? Mm-hmm. Now let's tell the story, rewind, and start from the beginning. Did the GOP step up because they found something here? Well, the Grassley letter leads me to believe it. Here's the sentence. I'm going to read the whole thing, but I want to read the sentence first, and I'll go back and read it in context. Grassley's letter says at one point, in light of recently uncovered information. All right. Now let me read the whole thing and you'll see that line in context. He sends this letter to Diane Feinstein requesting Dr. Ford's evidence, her polygraph show and the therapy notes. Mm-hmm. But here's the last uh, paragraph of the piece. I urge you once again, now for the third time in writing, to turn over the therapy notes, polygraph materials, and communications with the Washington Post that Dr. Ford has relied upon as evidence. In addition to the evidence I requested in my October 2nd letter, in light of recently uncovered information, this is good, Please turn over records and descriptions of direct or indirect communications between Dr. Ford or her representatives and any of the following. So in light of recently uncovered information, what could that be? Here's what Grasley wants. Number one, he wants communications between Ford's team and U.S. senators or their staffs, particularly the offices of Dianne Feinstein and Maisie Hirono. He says, other than your communications with me. Obviously, he's got those because mm-hmm. they communicate. Number two, he notice how he frames this too, Joe. He wants communications between the alleged witnesses. He doesn't say the witnesses identify. He says the alleged witnesses identified by Dr. Ford, Leland Kaiser, Mark Judge, and PJ Smythe. He wants those communications. In other words, between Ford's team and them, mm-hmm. the alleged witnesses. And three, He wants the communications between Ford's team and Debbie Ramirez, who accused Kavanaugh of exposing himself there, Julie Swetnick, who accused him of uh, train rapes, or their representatives. Folks, they got something here. And may I suggest to you that what they may have is a coordinated effort by Dianne Feinstein, People representing Dr. Ford from the legal side who had pre-existing relationships to liberals and liberal groups and an effort to potentially change people's accounts of the events to correspond to a narrative that Brett Kavanaugh was involved in an attack that I don't believe he was involved in. What's my evidence for that? Because I'm not going to throw that out there without backing it up. On July 30th, Dr. Ford has already acknowledged being in Rehoboth Beach. 
It's acknowledged being in Rehoboth Beach, and it, from all indications, it appears now that she was with a woman by the name of Monica McLean, who was a childhood friend of yours, who's also identified by Dr. Ford's ex-boyfriend as the person alleged to have been assisted in a polygraph test by Dr. Ford, right. apparently in some kind of psychological uh, you know, assistance on how to handle a polygraph. Now, McLean refutes that charge, to be fair, to both sides. But so follow me. This July 30th, Christine Blasey Ford is in Rehoboth Beach, allegedly with Monica McLean. Monica McLean was a former FBI agent. She was also a public relations FBI staffer for Preet Bharara. Remember Preet Bharara? Oh, uh, yeah. The Southern District of New York? Yeah. Big anti-Trumper yeah. has his own podcast right now? Who was Pre Perara before he was the United States Attorney, Southern District of New York? Oh, he was Chief Counsel for Chucky Schumer. Oh. So Dr. Ford's lifelong friend, this FBI agent, was a PR rep for the guy who was the Chief Counsel for Chuck Schumer. Not a conspiracy theory. These are just connections. May say that's it. No, 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 no. There's more. I don't put out stuff without the, this. It gets deeper than that. Who was with Ford on July 30th when she wrote the letter to Diane Feinstein laying out the details of this attack? Well, according to reporting out there, it was likely Monica McLean, the same FBI agent who worked for the guy who was the chief counsel for Schumer who was with her on the day she authored this July 30th letter indicating that she was uh, uh, attacked by Brett Kavanaugh as a, as, a, as a teenager. What are they looking for? According to a story I read today, and it's in the show notes, apparently it's being reported that McLean or some of her representatives may have texted Leland Kaiser one of one of uh, Ford's alleged witnesses, according to according to, uh, to a Grasley, one of her alleged witnesses, the attack happened, may have texted her to get her to change her story. Because remember, Leland Kaiser, who Ford's saying is a witness to the, the party at a minimum at the day that the attack happened. Kaiser says she has no recollection of those events at all. There are apparently text floating around there, out there, according to reporting that McLean's team may have been pressuring Kaiser to change her story. Folks, this is serious stuff here. Now, who is McLean's attorney? Ford's friend, who according to accounts is with her on July 30th when she authors the letter, and according to other accounts is pressuring people to change their story to indicate Kavanaugh, uh, Kavanaugh was the attacker or was at this party where the attack happened. Who's McLean's attorney? David Laufman. Oh, who's David Laufman? Now, I'd say remember the names, but this is not a name we brought up on the show before. But remember the name now. I'm going to read to you David Laufman. is. Here's a piece, February 7th, uh, 2018, by Ellen Nakashima at the Washington Post. David Laufman, who had a key role in the Justice Department's investigations of Hillary Clinton and Russian interference in the 2016 presidential oh. election, has stepped down Wednesday, Joe, <laughs> citing oh. personal reasons. Oh, Oh, so he stepped down in February of 2018 for personal reasons, despite being intimately involved in both the Hillary and Spygate operations against Trump. That, uh, Folks, are they even hiding this anymore? Are they even making an attempt to hide this anymore? So what are they? Again, this is not a conspiracy theory. I just quoted you the Washington Post. 
The same attorney involved in the free pass given to Hillary and the full-blown Justice Department attack on Donald Trump is now the same guy representing an FBI agent who worked for Chuck, uh, Chuck Schumer's former chief counsel, who is assisting Dr. Ford in putting together an account that Brett Kavanaugh, Trump's nominee, attacked her. That's her. That's McLean's attorney. It's Laufman. By the way, Laufman, from what I'm getting from some sources, may have been also involved in the hit job on Mike Flynn. Who else is an attorney in this case? They're, folks, they're not even hiding in it. It's not... <laughs> so bad it's so i'm not i'm like i want to if i don't laugh i'll cry <laughs> i always tell you when i get blood taken i i start to laugh because i hate it done so much so my body laughs instead of like crying i hate getting blood taken right who's their other attorney one of ford's legal team attorney that according to their own things working pro bono for free is michael bromwich who's michael bromwich representing oh andy mccabe the deputy director of the fbi who was intimately involved in the entire takedown operation the spygate operation on donald trump folks you can't make this stuff up tell me again how this deep state stuff ah deep state you're all crazy are we really are we all nuts Folks, they're not even hiding it anymore. Let me read to you from another piece. It's in the show notes. Sorry, I didn't snip off the titles. Maybe the Times or whatever, Washington Times. Miss McLean's lawyer, David Laufman, said in a statement, this is their defense to that they were pressuring witnesses to change their story. Because unlike the left, I'll give you both sides. Laufman said in a statement, any notion or claim that Ms. McLean pressured Leland Kaiser to alter Ms. Kaiser's account of what she recalled concerning the alleged incident between Dr. Ford and Brett Kavanaugh is absolutely false. So, of course, they're refuting it. Folks, are they even hiding this stuff anymore? It is so transparent that Donald Trump has become a threat, such a layered, detailed, troubling threat to the multi-layered bureaucratic swamp in D.C., that people will do anything at this point to take him down. And I said to you a little while ago, and I've said on cable news hits and elsewhere, the gift of Donald Trump, Joe, has been getting the other side to show their asses. Uh He has smoked them out. They have lost all sense of tactical efficiency. Folks, I've been involved in this movement a long time. A long time. From I'm 43, most of my adult life, I've been following what's going on. The left is usually very tactically efficient. They know how to move the media. Mm-hmm. They what, The Iron Triangle, as Fred Siegel calls it. The media, interest groups, and congressional committees. The media covers what interest groups do to get their interest group stuff in front of congressional committees that move legislation. The media promotes it. Fred, call, Fred Siegel calls it the Iron Triangle. The, the left has been effective for eons in using the Iron Triangle to advance everything from tax hikes to environmental legislation to socialist policies in the United States. The media covering stories that interest groups want them to cover brought into power by appealing to congressional committees. This is the Iron Triangle. They are very, very tactically efficient at it. That's how they push through Obamacare. That's how they push through the growth in government. It's how they push through repressure on Republicans all the time. 
they are usually very tactically efficient. The gift of Donald Trump has been to smoke out, decimate and destroy this entire network. Interest groups are panicking. The ACLU is now backing unfounded charges on Kavanaugh, blowing up their entire mission. Environmental groups are panicking. Uh, Pro-abortion groups are panicking. Hollywood celebrities are trying to be tough guys getting arrested in the Capitol and humiliating themselves. Not Benny Johnson coming on my NRA TV show later today from Daily Caller to talk about this. Who's got video of these phony Hollywood frauds? Donald Trump has single-handedly smoked them all out. They are so overtaken. I'm not explaining this part well, and forgive me. I'm going to. I should have given you the lead first. What I'm suggesting to you is he is his activities that have disrupted their financial networks, their future jobs. Their lobbying jobs, jobs promised to their kids, their sinecures, their government positions, and their power base. He has disrupted the interest groups, the media, and the congressional committees that all worked in conjunction with this Iron Triangle so deeply. He has hurt them in their pockets and their ideology so brutally that their only response right now, instead of a rational tactical response, has been pure emotion. That is what their emotion and their anger led them to move down a tactical path they, I'm telling you they would not have taken in prior years. That lack of a tactical path and, and that, hey, listen, we're just going to go and get these lawyers that have worked with us before on other things, and we're going to get this woman to, to uh, allege that uh, Kavanaugh uh, tried to rape her in a room. This was a dumb move. It is blown up in their faces. It is killing them in these Senate races. It is absolutely destroying them in presidential approval. They are in a world of trouble right now, and it's all happening because Donald Trump has got them to lose self-control, ironically, as they're making the very same argument about Donald Trump, that he's out of control. Listen, not everything's the art of the deal. Not everything's four-dimensional chess by Trump. But his overall strategy to go on the attack against interest groups and the media and to break this iron triangle has resulted in extreme tactical efficiency panic, and frankly, fear on their side that has led them to irrational, tactically inefficient responses like making up rape allegations against a a fully qualified, dignified human being like Brett Kavanaugh, and it is massively blowing up in their faces. That sum it up for you? Mm Mm-hmm. They're in a world of trouble, folks, but they were never ready for this fight. You are. You've been called a racist, a homophobe, a phobophobic, istophobe for the last 30, 40 years of your life just because you stood up for liberty and freedom. Our skin is tough. It's thick. We're hard. We're tough. A lot of you are cops, firemen, military, carpenters, truckers. Been hanging sheetrock, painting homes in the heat laboring, dealing with the pressure of financial statements, trying to make money for people, get people employed. You all are hard. You're hard. Smile a little bit. We're not winning everywhere, but we're winning where we need to win right now. In November, that's our time. There's absolutely no excuse not to show up. I got my uh, mail-in ballot in the mail uh, this week. Me and my wife both voting. Get those votes in early. All right. Today's show. Excuse me, folks. I'm having like a, I don't know, hairball problem. Joe's on a cut out like 600 times. I sound like Gary from the Howard Stern show. <laughs> uh, you know, he's always clearing his throat.
I never usually never happens. I think it's because I didn't sleep well last night. Something happened last night. Some of you caught it. Some of you didn't. But uh, it's been on my mind all day. Hey, uh, listen. The, the, one of the best holster products out there that I've ever had. I got a free sample a long time ago. Is We the People holsters? Uh, I carry. I carry all the time. I have a. I just got the Sig Sauer P365. I have a Glock 43. And listen, let's be honest. It's it, it it's it's a piece of metal. It's a necessity. I carry it. I, I absolutely defend and believe in the right to defend yourself. But carrying that piece of metal around can get uncomfortable. I don't even like carrying keys in my pocket. So when I first was uh, pitched by We The People Holsters, I said, you know what? Send me a sample. Let me check it out. I emailed uh, the people who sell our hands and I said, this thing is amazing. I'm not kidding. It's the most comfortable holster ever. And not only that, it's snug. Because what always worries me about some of these holsters is you're gonna, the, the firearm's going to fall out, which would be a disaster. It's snug. The fit is great. It's comfortable. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride. We the People Holsters, they make custom-made holsters right here in the United States of America. They design their own holsters in-house. They don't use any third-party molds. They measure these things precisely. It is the snuggest fit you're going to get when you insert the firearm in there. You get this click sound so you know. You can adjust the tension on it, too. You like it a little looser. You like it a little, uh, little tighter squeeze in there with the firearm. You can adjust it. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride. They have four holes on their, their clip that, that marries up to the belt that match up with the four on the holster. You can adjust your comfort level. You can adjust the tension. Each holster has a click sound. They have custom presented, uh, custom printed, excuse me, designs in-house. In blue line, the Constitution, camo, the American flag. They have more designs coming out each month. Their holsters start at just $34. Every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. I assure you, you will not need it. Every holster ships free. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund. Go to we the people holsters.com slash dan that's we the people holsters.com slash dan use code dan and you'll get ten dollars off your first holster that makes it just 24 dollars with free shipping go check it out you won't regret it okay um something super suspicious happened last night folks again this isn't conspiracy theory tv here i'm just passing on to you what's going on Oh, Mokarski votes against advancing the Kavanaugh nomination. Uh, there you go, folks. Alaska. So Murkowski votes against it. All right. Do you remember that, Alaska? What did I tell you? New rules. Murkowski votes against it. Lisa Murkowski, if you're listening in Alaska, uh, anyone in Alaska should never, ever in a primary ever get your support again. Under no circumstances should you ever support Lisa Murkowski again. Now, I believe she's not up till 2022. I want you all to do me a favor right now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get, I'll get back to this story in a second, but I'm watching this uh, live uh, uh, right now, and it's important we put this out there. Make the note on your calendar, the Alaska primary date in 2022, and make sure on that date, under no circumstances, does Lisa Murkowski get your vote. This is absolutely disgraceful. All right. Susan Collins votes to advance Kavanaugh nomination. Very good. Susan Collins. Nice work. You know, I'm sorry she hasn't been with us on every... Senator Flake votes to it. Good job. Listen, I've been hard on Jeff Flake. Very good. It looks like we're going to be okay here. Senator Flake is gone no matter what, so it doesn't really matter. But Collins, let her know. Um, listen, I'm not the biggest fan of Susan Collins, but please, there's going to be another vote again um, in, a, in a, uh, either tomorrow or Sunday, depending on what happens with Steve Daines, whose daughter's getting married to Republican Senator uh, from, what is it, Montana? But uh, please, folks, I'm asking you. For, I'm sorry this is happening on the air, but this is critical. It's not a joke. I, I, will not, I will not forget that story. But it's really critical right now. You email Murkowski, let her know your extreme disappointment. She has now lost your vote forever 
Senator Manchin in West Virginia. Nice job. I still wouldn't vote for Manchin in West Virginia no matter what. But uh, uh, you know what? He voted up, so I'm not a phony. All right. It looks like he's going to get through on this end. So this is great. This is great. But please, email Senator Collins and let her know because she's still, let her know you appreciate the vote. It's important, folks. We're not going to be frauds. When they do the right thing, we got to let them know. We can't just, uh, you know, we can't just go on endless attack mode. We have to be tactical, unlike the left right now. Mm-hmm. It's a street fight. A street fight, you put your you put your fighters in the fight. So Flake, it doesn't matter with Flake anyway, but let them know you appreciate the vote. Markowski, what, uh, this is unbelievable. Uh, what a disappointment. All right, <sighs> looks like we're going to get through. This is good. Okay, um, the Russian lawyer, Natalia Veselnitskaya. Yeah. Who showed up at the famous Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. that the left always points to collusion. These Russians showed up to meet with Don Jr. alleging they have information on Hillary. Of course, they didn't. The meeting ended uh, abruptly because they came uh, into the meeting talking about some Hillary thing and showed up and actually talked about Russian adoption and Magnitsky. Don Trump Jr. left, was nice enough to, uh, uh, to be straight about it later on, put the emails out. Again, I think he would agree the meeting was a bad idea, but he's been open and honest about it. I see uh, at this point nothing wrong with it given the way they've handled it afterwards. They've been totally transparent. Veselnitskaya, Joe, according to multiple reports, was being handled by a Russian deputy attorney general by the name of Sak Karapetyan, forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, who died yesterday in a helicopter crash on a, quote, unauthorized flight. I'm not laughing about it. I'm just like, I can't figure this out. Like th- th- this case gets weirder by the minute. I, I let me be clear. I'm not making any connections here. I'm not. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm telling you that this case, the circumstances surrounding this case get weirder by the it's minute. It's just coincidence, don't you know? It, apparently it's so. Just coincidence. Sack Karapetian, who was handling Veselnitskaya died in a helicopter crash and an unauthorized uh, flight. It's just, um, folks, uh, <laughs> case just gets uglier by the minute. Da, it really da, does. Da. Yeah, it does. Um, okay, I wanted to get to uh, a couple more stories uh, quick here. I'm just going to go through this quick because it's an important story for you to know about, but some of the tech industry people are denying it. There is a story I have in the show notes today called The Big Hack. Did you see this? Yeah, man. About how the Chinese supply chain model in the technology industry is infiltrating American companies for the purpose of inserting um, microchips that allow some kind of, and again, I'm, I, I, I'm pleased in the tech industry people. I'm, I know I'm not saying it precisely. I know the limitations of my technical knowledge. I'm just trying to get the audience a story. I'm gonna, you can read the story for the details. But there was some kind of effort, according to this story in Bloomberg, about a Chinese effort to insert uh, 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 microprocessors or microchips into equipment, enabling them somehow access into American uh, technology products. The stories, they've been calling it the big hack. Now, Apple and others who use the servers where these Chinese uh, microchips were used, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to allegedly get the information, are denying this story vigorously. Now, I'm just telling you, and I've said this before, I am absolutely a free trader and always have been. It's been a source of real contention on the show. I always get a lot of emails. But I'm, I, I will say to you, our national defense comes first, obviously. 
and even to my free trader friends, Cato and elsewhere, I, I, I'm with you on the economics of it. But we, if this story, tur- if, 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 we're going to handle this responsibly, if this turns out to be true in subsequent investigations, that this free trade with the Chinese, the Chinese are using as a technological tool in a battle against us to spy on either everyday Americans or insert equipment into our military equipment as a means to sabotage or spy. That is an absolute red line, folks. Red line, no go. The article's long. I know it's Bloomberg. I get it. But again, this is one of those times where I have to break my no-click rule for them. It is an important story for you to read. Again, I'm a free trade. I understand the economics of comparative and absolute advantage and free trade. I also understand the need to protect our country. And if the Chinese are using this broken up global supply chain, and when I say global supply chain, I mean, forget about made in China or made in America anymore. That doesn't exist. Because things that are made in China may be 40% made in America. Things that are made in America may be 25% made in China. Supply chain. If Joe has an iPhone... Mm -hmm. The supply chain of products, the glass, the microchips, they may not all be made in America. They may be made all over the world, even though the final product is assembled here. That did not happen 100 years ago because the logistics weren't there. The logistics and communications right now are set up to outsource pieces of your supply chain all over the world. If a component of that international supply chain, notably China, is using their integral part in that supply chain as a means to wage economic surveillance espionage on us, then that that absolutely rebuts any free trade argument whatsoever. This is a serious story. Again, I'm giving you both sides. Apple and the companies involved are resolutely denying this. Bloomberg, who, you know, they're hit or miss. Bloomberg is standing by their story. Read the story. It is very disturbing. Did you see this one, Joe? I saw you shaking your head. Oh, yeah. I yeah about I'll check it out. Did that not freak you out? Yeah, it's a little spooky. Made me think of the uh, phone situation about a year or two ago when we were hearing this. The Chinese were putting um, the ability to spy in some of the Chinese right. phones. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. This is a big, this is a really big problem. Mm-hmm. Safety and national security has to come first. I mean, down here in Florida, we had that atrocious Chinese drywall problem oh. that nearly decimated the housing market down here. And the dog the dog bones or the dog treats. Remember the that? The polluted, do- right, with chemicals yeah. in it. Folks, this is real stuff. I get, Believe me, I, like I said, I understand the free trade. Yeah. I mean, the Chinese drywall thing down here, the, we're looking, my wife and I had houses now. We're staying in Florida in this area, actually. We're just looking at New Hajonos. So yeah. <laughs> it's old news. But what's the first question I ask? When was the house built? If it was built in the year of Chinese drywall, me and my wife are like, no thanks, see you later. I'm dead serious. We don't even consider it. I don't care how nice it is. All right, um, last story. So uh, Jeff Carlson, who writes at the Epoch Times, does some really terrific work, and Judy, who sends me some of the articles sometimes, uh, they both sent some a piece over this morning, which is really, really, really good. Carlson's just terrific. I'm, uh, I, I can't cite his work enough. And he cites a little bit of an anomaly going on right now, Joe, in the public release of information being uh, being declassified in the Spygate saga. Mm. He cites how a number of these people uh, involved in it, uh, Brennan, Comey, McCabe, and others, have testified up on the Hill. And a lot of the Evelyn Farkas of MSNBC fame, who talked about how they spread information up on the Hill, uh, how they knew what they knew. Um, he talks about how... 
a number of their testimonies have been declassified and people can now go and read them. But there's three specific people, three specific people whose testimony is not being released and it's very suspicious. I I piqued Joe's interest because Uh I didn't tell him this before I'd like to get a genuine reaction. He says, you know, let me read from it. It says, one possible explanation. Oh, no, I'll read from the top. Sorry. The transcripts of Comey, Jim Comey, Brennan and Mike Rogers originating from closed hearings may inherently contain some classified information, but the decision to withhold didn't pertain to any decision from Dan Coates, the DNI regarding declassification issues. Ah, yeah. 5149. Yeah. That's what winning looks like. Now we don't have to do a special. I'll get back to that. I'm sorry, the choppy nature folks, but this is what, we're here to give you what's important. 51 yays, 49 eight. This is what winning looks like. Cross the goal line. Nice. Read it and weep. Now you'll feel what raw political power looks like. Done the right way. We don't need violence. That's your thing. Feel it. Sorry, folks, I just. uh... Savoring the moment. Yes. Yeah, I just, this poor guy, man. Yeah. Oh. You know, sometimes winning feels good. Mm. Just do me one favor. Please, I'm begging you, as a friend. Do not dissuade, let this, don't, there's no victory party. Yeah, savor it for the moment. I don't mean to be Debbie Downer. Savor this. It's good to feel good once in a while. And I'm going to go tonight and. Me and my wife will have a date, and I'm going to have a good time and savor that victory. But understand, this is still a street fight. Do not let this dissuade you from voting, and do not let this dissuade you today from sending those emails and calls I'm begging you to do. Murkowski, express your disappointment. Collins and Flake, thank them. We still got one more vote. But this, yes, this is what it looks like to win when you fight back. This is what it looks like to win. This is what it feels like to win. We've been beaten down for too long by these people. This is what it looks like to win. You want to rip up our signs in college campuses? You want to cost us our jobs, call us racist? This is what it looks like to eat that porridge. Eat it. 51-49. We go through. One more, folks. One more. Again, I'm sorry, it's been very choppy, but this is a critical news day, and I would be doing you extreme disservice if I did not put that out there. Getting back to this, one reason, one possible reason we're looking at for the withholding of the testimony by these three players, Jim Comey, John Brennan, and Mike Rogers, as Carlson speculates, is what's Johnny Huber up to, Joe? Remember John Huber, the United States attorney assigned back in November of 2017 yeah. to yeah. look into FISA abuse? Yeah, yeah, I do. Carlson makes an interesting suggestion that, you know, we put out before, but it's it's worth revisiting on the Take It East front. Remember, the inspector general investigating the FISA abuse has no authority to prosecute at all. He's an investigator. When I was a Secret Service agent, I investigate Joe for felonious mopery. I present my evidence to a United States attorney. They, and they alone, decide to subpoena or to prosecute. It is not the Secret Service agent. The Inspector General has the same limitations. He cannot prosecute. He can only investigate. 
John Huber, who was assigned by Sessions back in November 2017 to investigate this debacle, has been suspiciously quiet lately. I'd forgotten all about him until you mentioned him. (laughs) Of course, so so has everybody else. Mm -hmm. I think that's intentional. May I suggest to you that Carlson's on to something here? That the reason Jim Comey, John Brennan, and Mike Rogers' testimonies may not be released publicly is because they may be being used behind the scenes. Because Mike Rogers, who I believe was a hero in this thing, the head of the NSA who exposed a lot of the abuses and things like that, do you think it's just possible that his testimony is being used against the testimony of Comey and Brennan and they're not releasing it publicly? Because they don't want any kind of coordination or anything like that to happen or to give them any ammunition beforehand. Folks, again, I, I, I've been telling you to, to take it easy. I know some people like it, some don't. I'm certainly, again, with Sessions, I, I'm very upset about a lot of the ways things have been handled. But suggesting that nothing's going on behind the scenes is absurd. It makes Carlson's assertion here in his piece makes perfect sense. Why would they not declassify Comey, Brennan, and Rogers' testimony behind closed doors? Because they're likely part of a massive prosecutorial effort going on behind the scenes by Huber to finally, to finally bring down some of the players in this thing who were involved in, remember what I told you, potential felony leaks of information. potential felony leaks and potential abuses of the FISA process and the Woods procedure to verify information. There's the threesome, okay? Here's where the prosecution, if it's happening right now, which I think it is, is going to go. Felony leaks of information, violations of the FISA court process for presenting information uh, using the, what's kind of like a twosome, but a twosome threesome, using the Woods procedure, which indicates how information is supposed to make it into the FISA court with specific verification processes. They're also, I believe, going to be massive administrative penalties from people who continue to use Christopher Steele as a source, despite the FBI deeming him, quote, not suitable for use. There's something happening, folks. All right, thanks again for tuning in. Um, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Uh, I, I, the audience has been growing. Uh, I'm sorry for the choppy show today, but again, it was necessary. I respect my audience, and I don't like doing it like that, but given the gravity of today's information, I wanted to be sure you had the latest stuff, and now you do. Three or four key senators vote yes. Kavanaugh moves on. We win. New rules. We win, you lose. Please pick up my new book, folks. I know if you haven't yet, I'm not the greatest salesman in the world, but... Um, I would appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I'm really bad at this, but my new book, Spygate, is now available. It, the release date's October 9th next week, but if you buy it, it it'll be show up at your door in a couple of days. It's just for all intents and purposes available now. It's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. It's called Spygate. I would really appreciate it uh, if you pick it up. We worked really hard on it. I'm not big into writing books anymore, but this one meant a lot to me. So please pick it up today. I really appreciate it. Help us move up the charts on Amazon. It's called Spygate. It means the world to me. Uh, thank you very much for your support. And I'll see you all a month. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.